welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. A reading from Micah, chapter 5. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, reading from the first chapter. Luke writes, In those days Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, The child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated as I turn the page in the lectionary 
the next page reads the season of Christmas. And so we are here on this last Sunday in the time of Advent. Behold, the banner has been hung. Watch, prepare, rejoice. The fourth candle lit today. Behold, the manger is here though empty. And we will fill it together with the Christ child, Christmas Eve. Well, let's take a look at this last uh, set of readings uh, for the season of Advent. They are instructive in ways perhaps not thought of ordinarily, maybe ever before, by some. Uh, And as we do, I note a number of faces that have returned or come to join us this uh, as Christmas approaches, and uh, welcome, welcome home, welcome to the church, welcome to the celebration of your God. Well, let's begin with a quick look at the book of the prophet Micah, <laughs> a minor prophet. There's the major prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, okay, the, the majors. But then there's that series of minor prophets. And if truth be known, a lot of folks would have a really hard time finding them, even in the Bible. They're so small. Micah's such a guy, a minor prophet. Easy to overlook, isn't it? The brief passage from Micah, though, um, it is in the reading, the scheme of the readings today, so easily overshadowed by this magnificent and spontaneous song, the Magnificat, that Mary sang upon visiting Elizabeth. The Magnificat. My soul magnifies. That's the, how it gets its name. My soul magnifies the Lord. And then Mary went on. Now, were it not for a brief mention of Bethlehem in the Micah text, we'd scarcely read Micah at all, I'm going to suggest, and we're not alone in uh, the ease at which we could overlook the weight of this minor prophet. Why is Micah important? Well, you see, following Jesus' birth, When the wise men traveled from the east to worship a newborn king, they naturally inquired at the royal palace in Jerusalem. They asked where the child born to be king of the Jews was to be found. And upon hearing the question, Herod summoned the learned men of his court And peering into the sacred writings of the Hebrews and likely trembling at what they found and what they were about to expose, those same court advisors found an obscure mention, a brief reference, a passing comment that a ruler of Israel would arise from the little hill town of Bethlehem. Micah had written it. Bethlehem of Ephrathah, one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come one who is to rule Israel. And the learned men told the king, 
Have you any idea? Think about the implication of those few words. It was based upon Micah's prophecy and the sharing of those words with Herod that Jesus' birth came known to a very evil man. So evil was Herod that it was said in jest among, or not in jest, among the Romans, that it was better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. For you see, Herod would never touch a pig and had had his own son murdered. It was from this otherwise nondescript passage that Herod would unleash carnage upon the little town of Bethlehem. And the children, aged two years and younger, based upon what the wise men had told him. This painful part of Christian history was so profound, so affected the early church that soon thereafter, the 28th day of December was reserved on the calendar forevermore as a day to pray for the holy innocent children and for all who are martyred in the name of God. All of this happened as a result of holy scripture falling into the hands of a very unholy man. Now, on this fourth Sunday in Advent, let's, uh, let's also take a moment to look at the gospel lesson, and we take up the word, behold. <laughs> Some of you know that I recoil at the uh, replacement of the word behold in scripture, uh, more recent translations with the word see, <laughs> or look. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. That speaks to me. Look, a virgin shall conceive. That don't. And so it is, behold, I'm always glad when that, uh, that banner's hung. So we take a look at the word beyond uh, the account of Micah. And let me observe that it really occurred to me this week as I was thinking about this, that the apple did not fall so very far from the tree in the gospel today. Whether Mary's response to the angel Gabriel's annunciation of her impending pregnancy, she says, I am a handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be to me as you have said. Or Jesus' uh, words as preserved in Hebrews, Behold, O God, I have come to do your will. Behold, O God, I have come to do your will. There is a remarkable commitment to obedience found in both mother and child. And while the church regularly and rightly observes Jesus' sacrificial commitment and obedience to the Father, so too on days like this, at times such as this, ought the church celebrate the faith of the woman child who bore him, who gave birth to God at a most remarkable and indeed tender age.
For you see, this 12 or 13 year old child, her song, which she spontaneously uh, brought forth, came to be called the Magnificat for its opening phrase, My soul magnifies. And Mary seemed keenly aware in this song, does she not, of her own poverty, her own humility in the extreme. Mary was vulnerable at every conceivable level. And yet she believed. And she sang of it. My soul magnifies the Lord. And through it all, though there yet abides this childlike innocence in Mary, and even in her questioning of the angel Gabriel, upon being told that she would bear a son. Mary's trusting acceptance tugs at the heart of we who are older or tugs at the heart of anyone who knows just what lie ahead for the virgin mother. When faced with a challenge beyond her years, how childlike on Mary's part to simply ask the angel, how can this be? Can't you hear a child asking that? But then, to go on to accept that which she in her innocence simply could not comprehend. Well, Sometimes God's will is hard. Jesus' life was hard. Nothing easy about it. From that as your cradle at birth to that as your destiny. God did not promise otherwise. Rather, God in Christ has promised, though, God in Christ has promised to be with us, his church. God in Christ has promised to be with us in the trenches, in life. Even as God in Christ is with us in the waiting room, in the emergency room, in the operating room, or wherever we find ourselves. God in Christ is with us, in other words, in moments of high exaltation, but also with us when our soul, you know, when our soul magnifies the Lord, but with us in times of despair and depression, when all we can do is groan, if it be possible, let this pass from me. You see, this is the meaning of the Incarnation. That's why the Incarnation. This is the meaning uh, that the church will soon celebrate. Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. Christmas. I think this is the symbolism behind the crucifix. Okay? It is the symbolism behind the crucifix. When Jesus said, If you would be my disciple... Take up your cross and follow me. He knew what he was asking you to do. 
That is why authentic Christian theology, we speak of beyond the cross, beyond the grave, but we always speak of it through the cross. Through the cross. No cross, no resurrection. As hard as that is for us to embrace, particularly this time of year. Now, this is tough love. Okay? This is tough love, to be sure. Tough love truth. And that then is precisely why I personally favor uh, the crucifix to the empty cross, because I know me. (laughs) I know my human nature preference is, would be, to avoid the painful. And I would just wallow in the pleasure if you left it up to me. The crucifix says, slow down, not so. Make straight life's priorities. For you see, is it not true that even the smallest of things can utterly betray us? Whether a passing reference in the minor prophet Micah's writings or to make it very personal and very real a single cell in my body or your body that misfires to become cancer there's no escape from life however the gospel the good news is that through the incarnation of God in the person of Jesus Christ Christmas we need never ever ever have to abide life's complexities all alone. God is with us. Emmanuel. God is with us when we rejoice and God is with us when we weep. And through the eyes of someone now in life's twilight years, I can tell you there's been an abundance of both over the years and this is the far better way to do it. Therefore, Let our souls this day magnify the Lord and rejoice in the God of our salvation. Let us behold what God has done, is doing, and yet shall do with us, among us, and through us. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 KL Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.